ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our host for this podcast, Miss Mirna Faye Agsaoui. Welcome to the Great Glory and Gratitude Podcast. This podcast is designed for survivors and champions. I'm Mirna Fexa-Uyu and I'm here to help you become a master of true grit. Every Wednesday, you'll get new insights and inspiration from my solo episodes and my guest interviewees, local and international. We'll be providing you tips on how to rekindle your passion, perseverance, resilience, initiative, and courage, regardless of your situations and circumstances in life. After each episode, we could continue our sharing and conversations in great glory and gratitude Facebook group, and I'm hoping to see you out there in our inclusive community. Life is a continuous journey. You are the captain of your own ship. Hello again everyone. I'm back with my podcast Great Glory Gratitude and today we have a guest Oli from Georgia USA. He's a pilot for 37 years and he's been managing also of different types of aircrafts. When he retired he began writing his blog the runningwithcat.com until now he's doing it and from then he has been traveling around 82 countries with his wife Catherine who was diagnosed with early onset Alzheimer's in 2040. Everyone, let's welcome Anthony Copeland Parker. Hello, how are you doing? You can call me Tony. Okay, Tony. <laughs> and you can call me Faye. Okay, Faye. Thank you. Yeah. Actually, I just woke up. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was too sleepy because I also had interviews early this morning. So I had to take a nap before we have the interview so that I can be fresh and be ready. <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah. yeah, we had, it was kind of funny how we were going back and forth trying to figure out what time it was over there and what time yeah. it is here. <laughs> yeah, so we got it figured out. Yeah, that's here we a, are. At yeah. least, yeah, we're here and I'm happy. <laughs> right. Yeah, so I can see that in the form that you filled up, you are an open heart surgery survivor? Yes, I had uh, a aortic valve that needed to be replaced in 2014, so I had open heart surgery to replace mm -hmm. that valve. But you've been having a heart condition for how many years? Well, it turned out that in 2012, I found out about my heart murmur which was the fact that the valve was not closing. So for two years, I was able to continue flying and also continue running. And in 2014 is when we decided to go ahead and have the surgery. And your wife was already having the Alzheimer's? Yes, she started showing the signs of Alzheimer's back in 2013. And then in 2014, around the same time I had my operation, she was diagnosed with early onset. Alzheimer's at the age of 53. With all those, you know, your wife is having that condition. Can you tell us of how you managed to get back on your feet with all that's going on at that time? Well, I, like I said, I was a pilot, so I'm kind of used to handling emergencies and uh, abnormal situations while in flight. So I kind of looked at it the same way and decided that. Uh, what are the things that we love to do? We love to run, we love to travel. So we decided to take those two things that we love to do and to do them for the rest of our lives as long as we could. So we decided to sell our home, retire, and we went on the road 
and that was seven years ago. We've been traveling all over the world mm -hmm. ever since. Uh, how would she often have a taps or a season with your wife? Well, yeah, the way it works with Alzheimer's is over time, uh, they lose more and more of their abilities to do certain tasks. Uh, first, it shows up as memory. You know, they forget where they're supposed to be or what they're supposed to be doing or dates and things of this nature. But over time, they lose the ability to help themselves. So I have to help out a lot in terms of doing the daily tasks that need to be done. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm not really familiar how such condition would be, but all I know is that Alzheimer's is a type, or actually a common type of dementia, right? Correct. Yeah, you usually think of it as your parents or your grandparents that get it in older ages. Yeah, and... And uh, usually they're put into a nursing home or a facility, and, you know, that's the way it, it works. But folks that have it earlier on, like Catherine, she had it when she was in her mid-50s then those things, um, her abilities are, she starts having problems doing simple tasks though, like getting dressed or bathing or things of this nature. So I have to help out uh, with that and remind her where we're going and what we're going to be doing. And it does get worse over time. Does it happen just like I watch in movies wherein she'd forget about you or other things that normally she should remember yes uh, as it gets worse the, uh, you do lose the ability to remember who your family members are right now uh, she doesn't have that problem she knows who i am and who her family members are so that's always a good thing oh that's good yes yeah yeah you know I, I was imagining how you'd be coping when you go to travel and suddenly she'd forget about you forget where she is um, and it's good that he, right. she doesn't have that kind of right. alzheimer's yet right that's correct yeah yeah but i do you know we do uh, travel a lot so we have to navigate throughout the airport and things of this nature and you know g g getting through security and, and all that so i have to assist her to make sure she stays going in the right direction uh -huh. what's the worst experience you've had with uh, her condition i mean not worse uh, um, it's too negative what's the most challenging <laughs> That's it. What's the most challenging experience okay. you've had with her? So uh, back in the uh, 2020, when COVID hit the United States, we were actually in St. Kitts, which is in the Caribbean, is a small island uh, in the Caribbean. And we were supposed to be there for two weeks, but because of uh, COVID, they closed their borders and they wouldn't let any airplanes in and out of the island. So we were stuck there and my fear was if something should happen to me with COVID, you know, who's going to take care of her because nobody could come uh, to the island to take care of her. So that was a very scary situation there for us. And luckily, after a month, uh, we were able to get a charter airplane to get off the island and get back to the United States so we could be near family members. So that was probably the most challenging. As she was watching it all unfold, she was getting really worried about, you know, what was going to happen to her. So uh, that was not a very good situation at all for both of us. But you do have kids. 
Yes, uh, she has one adult daughter, and I have three adult uh, children. Um, mm -hmm. They're spread out over over the United States, so we <laughs> travel travel there to see them from time to time. And with both your kind of having her with that uh, condition, and also you've been having the heart problem, how did it go with uh, your relationship with your kids? I went well. Uh, you know, I gave them the news that I was going to have my operation. Uh, they were worried, of course, and then also at the same time uh, talking about Catherine. But uh, what we try to do is just kind of focus in on living life and as opposed to dwelling on uh, what's the, the bad things that are happening in life. And by the fact that we do a lot of running and races all over the world, we were kept ourselves very busy. and kept our minds off of the situation at hand. So uh, that worked really well. And then we visit them from time to time. We, since we travel so much, well, uh, my one son's in California. So we'll go out there right now, we're in Indiana and that's where her daughter is. So we're visiting with them right now. Mm, that's good. Okay. Moving on. What's the common myth about having Alzheimer's that you would like to debunk? Okay, well, what ends up happening is since it happens in midlife, uh, if you're in your 50s, you're usually are still working. So what happens is the one spouse that is still working can work or continue to go to work and then leave. And what ends up happening is they say that you should have a routine in your life, doing the same thing every day and having that type of routine. And I debunk that by saying that it's actually better for you to get out and uh, enjoy doing the things that you can do while you can do them as opposed to, you know, waiting around. Uh, for for the end because it is a terminal disease overall. Mm. So you see that your active the activity that you're adjacent to, you know, running with your wife is your way of coping with whatever she's going through. Am I getting it right? Yep, yeah, yeah, that's correct. And uh, it's the things that we enjoy doing together and uh, seeing the new sites, they say the exercise is really good for folks with Alzheimer's for various reasons. So we try and make sure that we get uh, plenty of exercise in every day. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's cool. I like to ask you in the past, what would be your downest moment? Or I don't know if you call it failure, but what would be considered your greatest challenge and how did you bounce back from it? Hmm. Well, I don't, I try not to look at things as failures. I kind of look at them as learning experiences. So for example, we were supposed to go from Chile to Brazil and I failed to get a Brazilian visa. So what happened there is that we had to, to delay our trip by a day while we went to the consulate and got a, a visa for uh, Brazil. And so it was a failure on one standpoint that I did not get to where we were supposed to go, when we were supposed to go, but it was a learning experience for me in terms of making sure that I follow up on all the government regulations in and out of different countries. 
And I used to do that on a regular basis, but I kind of got uh, a little lackadaisical. So it was uh, a reminder for me to make sure I uh, cross the T's and dot the I's when I'm looking at going from place to place. Mm. I agree on that. Totally agree. Because I think this mistakes that we commit is all part of our life. These were designed to be tests of our own true good and maybe it's all a part of our blueprint to be someone who commits mistakes because at the end of the day all these mistakes or maybe this misdemeanors that we commit in our life give us insight on how we could do it better in life and how we could correct this mistake and do it in a better way once we encounter them again i mean if i come to think of it and if my memory serves me right Big names in the business and other industries did not become big. They start from small and they all committed mistakes. They, like the scientists, philosophers, I guess they all came out great in the end after all the mistakes that they've done with their experience, right. whatever they've been through, right? Right. So, who would be the most influential person? in your life? Uh, my mother, uh, unfortunately, she passed away uh, seven, eight years ago. But uh, my mother, I had the opportunity to care for uh, later in life between the ages of 80 and 89. And uh, that was a great experience, a great learning experience, and also gave me a lot of insights as to how to care for uh, Catherine now that she has Alzheimer's. So it uh, uh. gave me a lot taught me a lot of patience mm -hmm. and taught me to uh to hate the disease and not the person that has it and uh taught me uh, to follow my passion uh, in life your mom had it too uh she had it near the end i would say probably the last year or two of her life she actually uh, succumbed to cancer but uh oh, near the end oh. she she ended up having uh some problems with Alzheimer's also, or dementia, as they call it. Okay. But what's the biggest challenge that you're experiencing right now? With, with your <laughs> condition, with uh, Catherine's condition? Well, we're always trying to figure out how much longer we can do this uh, before uh, we have to settle down, uh, because it does get harder and harder for Catherine to to make it through the maze of different time zones and different cities and things of this nature. But what we try to do is we try to have some goals in mind. Uh, Catherine last year was able to get a marathon done in all 50 states. And right now we're going back over and we're doing a half marathon, which is 13.1 miles in wow. all 50 states. And we just finished the uh, state of New Mexico last week. So we have goals that Amazing. we have set for ourselves and uh, challenges. We try to stay focused in on the challenges that we can control since uh, there's a lot of challenges that we can't control. Yeah, I agree. But I really admire you for the grit that you have, both of you. I mean, uh, considering, I'm, I'm, it's no offense, Madge, you know, because considering your age and comparing it to mine, I wish I could do that too. But with my spinal condition, I don't think I could do that. I was oh. a sprinter when I was young, 
Okay. Yeah, I'm a sports teacher. I'm a dancer, but I don't know how I could still do it right now with my sciatica and I'm just still recuperating. I'm six months away from my spinal decompression surgery last night. So. Okay, great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's actually the reason why I have this podcast. Yeah. I felt that this would help me accept at the same time be an inspiration to people using my story and the stories of other people I come across with that I interview and I kind of like the what I do I don't want to focus on the things that I cannot do anymore because it will only make me depressed because I was a very active person like you were before now I can do I'm not sure I can still go back to the same person I was but um, since I can still speak, so this is what I do. <laughs> it, right. It's, well, that's good. It's a similar similar situation. You know, you want to focus in on what you can do and not on what you can't do. So that's right. great. Keeps me going. Yeah. And uh, how do you keep yourself learning and getting motivated every day? Well, uh, traveling is a learning experience everywhere you go. You know, we always want to try to find the best restaurants to eat at, uh, you know, races that we're going to run, how are we going to get there, what hotels we're going to stay at. Uh, so we're always picking out the puzzle of uh, travel, as I call it, and trying to figure out the best way to get there, what flights to catch. So I'm always uh, working on a plan of action for where we're going next week, next month, next year. And that keeps my, my mind very active. And then also for Catherine, uh, the same thing in terms of uh, her trying to figure out where the different things are in the different hotel rooms and where we're going and who we're going to see. Uh, we always try to go someplace uh, that's near somebody that we know so we can visit with them and have some some social time which is also good for folks with Alzheimer's yeah but the biggest challenge right now that almost all people around the world would have is the COVID virus what can right. you what can you say about that how did you still practice your hobby while this pandemic is going around the world well since I was a pilot for so many years, I know how the circulation and air conditioning works in airplanes very well. And I was very satisfied with what I was told about how they were going to protect us in airplane. So since we didn't have a home and we had to be somewhere, I also did some research and looking into hotels. Uh, we mostly stay in Marriott hotels and they do a very good job of cleaning the rooms in between guests, things of this nature and the sanitation. And then, you know, we always wear our mask. It's kind of funny because prior to COVID, we were always cleaning down our hotel rooms with uh, Lysol wipes and also the airplane seats. So because we had, when we first started, we were getting sick quite a bit. But once we started doing that, we didn't get sick anymore. So, you know, we're still, you know, they we clean down the seats, they clean out, out the uh, hotel room, we clean the hotel room. And uh, the same thing goes for rental cars. So we practice uh, what is necessary. We don't eat out a lot. We eat out a little bit more than we had been, but mostly we'll go and get our meals and bring it back to the hotel and eat in the hotel, mm. things of this nature. 
So mm-hmm. you had your own health practice already or protocol already even before COVID hit. So it helped you a lot. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. That's true. You see a lot of differences as we travel between what different cities and countries do. We were just over in Europe and we were visiting in Berlin and hold on one second. Yeah. Okay, I'm back. Okay. Yeah. The different cities and countries and the fact that they do things a little bit differently. We were over in Berlin and Scotland and you know, we had to test to, to get into the countries and we had to test to get back into the United States and vaccinations of the, all those different things that we had to had to do so that we could uh, continue traveling. Yeah. But, you know, not all people would be having the privilege that you have or the financial capacity that you do have. What advice do you give to people who would love also to have the hobby that you have but is not really financially capable of doing it? Well, for me, what I did was I prepared for retirement. I saved a lot of money as I was working and I wanted to retire early on as opposed to in my 70s or 80s. So I saved quite a bit of money. Our lifestyle, what we do is since we don't have a home or apartment, we have all the money that we save from rent for cars, for insurance and taxes and things of this nature. We're able to take all that money and then oh. use it towards our travel. So instead of having a house and then trying trying to travel, we don't have a house and so we don't have all those expenses. So we're able to spend all the money oh. that we have on our travel needs works out. Did you say that it's better to be uh, saving and be able to enjoy what you're enjoying right now than having a stable home or having all this luxury and all that? Yes, that's correct. And, you know, people make choices in life. You know, that's what they want to do. I'm not suggesting that somebody go out and, and run all over the world, but at the same time, they can find some things that they love to do and then try to focus in on that and, you know, follow their passion and also, you know, do something that they love to do with their partner. And uh, we, we love to run and we love to do races and we love to travel and we love to do it together. So we're able to accomplish all those things together, which is right. great. Right. But right now, what would still be your goal that you want to achieve even with what you've already achieved in life and what you've been doing? You've been having a blast with your wife. What is that one thing that you would still love to achieve? I would love to achieve to find a cure for Alzheimer's. You know, they say that it's out there one day, one year. As time slips by, it gets more and harder and harder for it to be a, a cure for Catherine as uh, she gets worse. But at the same time, I, I want to, you know, keep investigating, keep researching and see if there's anything out there that's possible to give her the best quality of life as possible for the time that she has. Because we don't know, you know, sometimes it, people live 
of uh, 10, 15, 20 years with the disease and other folks live, you know, just a couple of years. So it all depends on your lifestyle choices and things that you want to do. I pay close attention to her diet and make sure she gets plenty of exercise and sleep. Uh, I think that seeing new and exciting things is always good for her in terms of her brain and being able to fire up those synapses uh, that, that are there. And then also to socialize and be with others so that she can continue to work on our verbal skills. So those are all the things that we try to do that are important for her. Uh, Travel-wise, I still have not made it to the Fiji Islands. That's the place <laughs> we always wanted to go, and we would love to, to be able to get there. Uh, we were actually planning on going last year, but with COVID, it, it became impossible. So we still got a couple of places that we would like to see there in the Taj Mahal or to the Bali is uh, another Philippines. place we like to go. Yes, the Philippines. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. So you mean yeah. that you've only yeah. gone yeah. to U.S. and uh, Europe? As we were traveling, we've been to 81, 82 different countries. So we've been to Asia quite a few. As a matter of fact, in 2019, we went to Asia twice. Oh. Uh, and we... We've uh, been to Australia, we've been to New Zealand, we've been to Antarctica, uh, but uh, yeah. yeah, we've been all over. <laughs> yeah, nice, how nice. You've been collecting a lot of memories and uh, things and experiences and moments, and that's really something that a lot of people would also want to achieve. And But then going back to your condition, because we've been talking a lot about your wife's condition, and uh, I would really love it, but she was, she won't be able to be with us today, like you told me. But yeah, going back to your condition, do you still have any problems with your heart recently? No, not at all. So as a matter of fact, uh, when they changed out the valve, they put in an artificial valve that says that it will outlive me and it'll be, you know, going forever. Um, that's what you could get a a pig valve or you could get an artificial valve and I went for an artificial valve because they said it'll last forever as opposed to the pig valve could could have some problems after about uh, five to seven years so I decided I didn't want to go back and have another operation yeah but no I, I go uh on a regular basis, I see my cardiologist and he checks it and he looks at the, the different tests and says it's doing great. So no, no problems at all there. Uh -huh. That's lucky for you because my mom was a heart patient. She also had a stem in one of her arteries. She was a diabetic patient as well, but she wow. gave up after 40 years. She was given five years to live after the operation, the angioplasty. Right. But she was able to live more 10 years. So she had 14 years after the operation. She gave up 2014. And yeah, I... Wow. Yeah. Right. So that's why yeah. I was asking because I wish she was still here with me, right. my daughter. Yeah. yeah. Life right. goes on. Yeah. <laughs> what would what yes, advice yes would you give to heart patients? Oh, exercise. Check with your doctor early on, and uh, make sure that you can get out there and do some form of exercise. 
they say that uh, that's one of the best ways to slow down the progression of heart disease is to make sure that she gets some good exercise. You don't have to go out and run marathons or anything like that. You can, you know, go out and and and, and walk. Uh, walking is very good, uh, but it has to be at a uh, a higher pace. You can't just be strolling around. Just you know, make sure that you that you get your heart rate up. You you're breathing and heavy and you're right. you're uh, get, getting a good uh, aerobic and then also look at uh, what you eat uh, nutrition very is important. very important you know yeah, to, yeah, yeah things i've that proven that are, actually with the diet right right yes absolutely, absolutely. yes because when my mom was in the icu she was having dialysis and then we were given the proper diet that she should need i was able to prove that diet is really very important with us if you are not heart patient, but I was able to see that in my mom because when we brought her home, we were given a diet that we needed to give her. And then we thought the dialysis would, you know, would be until, you know, for a long time. But after a month or so, six dialysis sessions, because of the strict diet that we gave her, she was able to get out of it. You know what caused her death? It was ulcer attack. So she was able to graduate with the dialysis. <laughs> with, uh, you know, she had this tube here because she had pneumonia for three, right. four months. And then all, all the rest of the tests. Oh my she, goodness. She survived all of that. But then it's really saddening is what caused her death is ulcer. The acid went up and oh caused, her, caused her heart to stop. Wow, that's terrible. Well, she yeah. was a fighter. She was. She was a fighter because she wanted to live long for me and my daughter. I'm a single mom. And uh, she always told me, I want to live long because I have to be there for you and your daughter. But yeah, I guess she right. just got tired because, you know, she in the ICU and she went when she went back again after four months when she was out bedridden, we went back to the ICU again. She's been having multiple ar arrests already. It was wow. no good already. She was too tired. She didn't want to go back to yeah. life, having life support then. So it was, I guess she right. was just right. too tired. So I know yeah. that's why I told you, I know that diet is really very important for us to have yes. better quality Absolutely. of life. Right. Yeah. Right. How about right. to caretakers or relatives or families who have someone who has Alzheimer's disease in their family? What a, a great tips would you give them to manage their relatives or loved ones who has the Alzheimer's? If it's possible and you financially you can do it, I suggest that uh, you spend as much time as you can with your loved one. Uh, for me, I went ahead and retired and we are tackling this disease as a team effort. And I know that it's not always possible for everyone, but if it is possible, I highly suggest that you uh, spend as much time as you can. Uh, a lot of times people want to take the loved one and put them in a home and, you know, kind of pack away their, their thoughts of how they are now and just want to remember how they were. But I highly suggest for both uh, the, the patient and also for yourself, it would be better for you to spend as much time and do the things that you can do, uh, the things that they enjoy doing and things that you enjoy doing together. Correct. Yeah, I guess that would help them a lot. 
as uh, we've mentioned a while back. Yeah. And for the last note, what tips would you give to our listeners on how to rekindle their true grit, whatever situations or circumstances that they're in? I'd say to set goals for yourself. That's how you can find out what you can actually do. So for us, it's running marathons and half marathons because it takes a whole lot of true grit to actually get that marathon done. You know, it's 26.2 miles. You, know, you start early in the morning. Did you get enough sleep the night before? How's your digestive system going? Did you get something to eat? You know, all those things, all the training that you had to put in, all the miles that you had to put in, you know, those are the things that uh, will focus you in on uh, that goal and then they'll kind of melt away the other challenges that you might have in life. So, you know, find something that's a stretch goal for you and not something that you can do, you know, tomorrow or the next day. I mean, it might take you several months to get yourself prepared for. And then, uh, you know, set that on a calendar and go out and do it. I don't know, you know, all depends on what you love to do. If it's something that you, you wanted to, for example, let's just say that you crochet and you want to make a, a quilt, but you wanted to make it the biggest quilt that you've ever made before. Well, you know, it's going to take you a while to figure out, you know, what material you need, how big you want it, what you want it to look like. You have to set it up and then you have to start doing it. You actually have to start working at it. And when you get it all finished, you look at it and you hang it up. You go, oh, this is what put wow. it on your bed. You say, oh, this is perfect. And so it's a stretch goal for yourself, something you hadn't done before. And then move on to the next project. You know, say, okay, I did this. I want to move on and do something else. So that's, that's what I suggest. Yeah. So before we wrap up the show, uh, I think you have a blog site. Yes. Uh, running with Cat, C-A-T. That's my pet name for Catherine.com. Running with Cat.com. And your first listener that uh, says they heard us chat about this, uh, I have a book that's out. It's called Running All Over the World, Our Race Against Early Onset Alzheimer's. It's five and a half years of uh, Catherine and I running, sailing, walking, swimming all over the world. And I'll send them an audio book and I'll also send you an audio book that you can listen to it also. Thank you. That's great. I would love to read it or listen to it. But yeah, don't worry uh, to our listeners. I will get all the links that is necessary to for you to be able to locate whatever books or whatever the site that the Tony has so that you can experience also what he has experienced with his wife and be able to as if travel with him with all his travel experiences. Anything more that you'd like to tell our listeners? No, I, I really enjoyed uh, time change and all. Hopefully you'll get some rest here. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. Uh, I really uh, thank you for reaching out so that we can discuss this uh, this topic with you. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for being with us today. And uh, I really appreciate you setting time for this. So We're going to go book. for a run now. Oh, good luck to your book and take okay. care. Yes, uh, regards to cats. Okay, sounds great. And you okay. take care now. Bye-bye. Uh-huh. Bye now. Forget to follow me on Spotify or in any of the platforms where you listen to your favorite podcast. Just search for Grit, Love, and Gratitude 
kindly give a rating and leave a review and you may also send a voice message or email if you have any questions related to the podcast through the following channels on ig that is at miss marina fe that's Regi, on my fb page tiktok and twitter that is at miss marina fe you may also contact me through my email that is greatglorygratitude at gmail.com we'll soon be uploading the video podcast of my episodes as well on my youtube channel that is at marina fe 3g podcaster And guys, if you want to launch your podcast or personal brands online, you may contact our podcast management and marketing agency through IG, FPage, and TikTok, that is, at Impact Podcasters. Why not, guys? Because all those links will be written in the episode description. Thank you so much for listening. Once again, this is your host, Mirna Fe, rekindling your true grit. Love you all. Bye-bye.